You're listening to the Unstoppable E-Commerce Podcast. I'm Karen Parkinson. And I'm Megan Winter. It takes more than a great product, a pretty website, and some social media to have a successful online store. But you've probably already figured that out. So after a decade in the industry each, we thought it was about time that we shared our knowledge, experience, and wisdom so that you can sell more on your online store. In this episode, we are discussing all the boring bits that you need to have to make sure that your online store complies with all of the rules and regulations that are out there. So there are a few policies you need to have on your website to make sure you've got all the legal stuff sorted. So we can't give you any legal advice, so this is just general information. And if you do have any further questions, please make sure you consult a lawyer or a privacy professional. Yeah, so this is like all of the boring bits. This episode, we're going to cover all of the things you need to have on your website to make sure you are checking off all of those compliance boxes, crossing your T's, dotting your I's. Uh, and just basically making sure that you are all covered. So we're going to go through everything that you need to have on your online store in order to do that. So the first one is mandatory product standards. Now your product may be in a category that is covered by mandatory product standards. It is compulsory to have particular safety features or information on products for legal supply of the product into the Australian market. So this is things like um, kids, toys, beanbags, cosmetic labeling, that kind of thing. So it is an offense to supply goods that do not comply with those mandatory standards and you may cop a fine or or face a um, penalty, be slapped with a penalty if you don't comply. So there's a range of products that come under these standards, including, uh, but certainly not limited to, as we mentioned, baby and kids toys, beanbags, cosmetics, care labeling for clothing and textiles. So if you are supplying um, clothing and textiles, fashion, for example, make sure that you check out um, to make sure if you need to supply any of these standards. You also, if you're selling sunglasses, toys, and there is quite a comprehensive list. So we'll link up the ACCC Product Safety Australia website for more information. And if you're selling to other countries, so if you're selling outside of Australia, make sure you also check that you are complying with the standards of the country that you're supplying to as well. So super important. Um, I think it's one of those things that we take for granted that if we import something into Australia, it's just going to comply with Australian standards. Uh, and that is definitely not the case, especially if you're porting straight from a factory in China or something like that. They might make to their standards, but you need to make sure that you're actually complying with all the standards that uh, Australia sets, which are far more stringent. And the last thing you want to do is have, you know, a kid swallow your toy and, you know, ha- cause serious harm. You are going to be the one that is slapped with that consequence, not the the manufacturer of that product. And this is things like um, anything that has batteries, magnets, all of those kind of things. So think about what you're selling. Have a look at the ACCC's website. Even if you think you're covered, just have a look and kind of double check. Make sure that you're all have all of those boxes ticked. I am buying a lot of baby stuff at the moment and even things you don't think about like um, when they come in plastic and it says this is not a toy, you know, make sure that they don't get hold of this plastic bag because they might suffocate or, you know, this toy is only for certain ages and things like that. So there's all sorts of labelling that goes along with it and 
so many regulations around it that you need to be wary of. Yeah. The other thing is insurances. Now, this is a big one and it tends to be something that people skip over when they first start a business, especially when it's a hobby. Maybe they're selling at markets and they're not too worried. So, if you've gone through that and you're now starting to put your big girl pants on and uh, make this a real business, you need to make sure that you've got your insurance covered and it's really something that you should have from the start. Uh, So, it's specific to each situation. We recommend that you do talk to a broker to see what kind of insurance your business needs. But some general information, you need to consider things like liability insurance. And this covers you in case somebody does get injured while using your products, no matter where they are. So this is things like, say, Megan said, a kid's toy, and then they pull it apart and they swallow an eyeball of a doll or something like that. You need to make sure that you're legally covered for if things like that happen. But not just toys. Think about if you're making handmade deodorant or handmade face creams or things like that. If somebody has an allergic reaction or maybe it burns them or something like that, you need to make sure that you're covered with that. And that comes under things like uh, product liability insurance as well. Then you've got property insurance, and this is to cover the loss or damage to your physical products. So it's important to note that existing homeowners policy would cover your personal items, but likely won't cover anything related to your business. So if you're using the spare room out the back or a shed to kind of store all your items and a fire comes through and gets rid of all of your business stock, that's not going to be covered just in your normal home and contents insurance. So it's important to have both aspects covered uh, unless you could replace all the inventory and and equipment out of pocket and you don't want the insurance for that. So something to think about. You also need to look at insurance for transit and shipping. Now, this is a big one if you are importing from another country because most of those places will wipe their hands clear of any liability from the moment it leaves their shore. So they, they might organize the transit for you if that shipping container went under because the boat tipped it off or something like that and your items end up at the bottom of the sea somewhere, quite often because you're dealing with another country, it'd be really hard to actually get any kind of compensation for that. So you need to make sure you've got your own insurance to cover that. Again, there's a lot of different ways that insurance comes into your products, both looking after it uh, if something goes wrong for your end or if something goes wrong once you've sold it. So We recommend that you talk to a trusted insurance broker and see which insurances that you might need. Yeah. Um, Now, the next one that you have to have on your website is a terms of service policy. So, your website does need to have a terms of service policy and it needs to be easy to find. So, this lets anyone who visits your site know things they are and aren't allowed to do when shopping on your site. And you need to state your terms of use in clear, simple and easy to understand language. Your terms of service need to include terms around your products, your billing information, your third-party tools and links, and any indemnity and governing laws that are that your that your site comes under. So there's a lot that is covered within the terms of service. A lot of online stores do not have this. Um, and it's really important that you do have one. It all sounds a little bit complicated. However, we'll link up a free terms of service policy generator for you so you can kind of generate a standard one and then change anything that's relevant to your business and pop it on your website, pop it in the footer so that it's easy for people to find wherever they are on your website because if you don't have one on there, you could actually be um, going against the governing law that is, you know, that your um, online store comes under. 
it's really important to have these things. We're about to talk about a few more policies that you need to have on your website. It's not just to tick the boxes. Things like Google and Facebook, they actually troll your website before they send any traffic there. So if you're wanting to rank in Google and actually come up under search results, or if you're wanting Facebook to send traffic via a Facebook ad to your website, they will troll and look for things like these policies. And if you don't have them on your website, they go, look, this is not a compliant website. We're going to move you down from page one to page 50,000. No one will ever find you. <laughs> um, so you really want to make sure that you're ticking these boxes, not only to comply legally, uh, but to make sure that your business is actually um, getting its best shot with things like Facebook and Google results. So one of those other things is a privacy policy. And we hear so much about privacy these days. It's super important. Digital privacy is becoming more and more implemented uh, across different apps, but also across governments as well. And different countries have different requirements. But your store needs to have a privacy policy. So online privacy is important, obviously, because you're an online seller and you collect and retain personal information. So these are things like their name, address, email address, and also possibly like their credit card details and other financial information. So as the online store owner, it is your responsibility to ensure that this personable, identifiable information is protected and what you collect such data, you comply with federal and state privacy laws. So this is really important that you look at where you are trading out of and if you trade out of more than one country to make sure that you're complying with both countries' regulations here. Uh, and privacy policies are mandated by law in many countries, I'd say most these days. So what is a privacy policy? Basically needs to state what kind of personal information that you're going to collect from your visitors and who you're going to share that information with, how you're going to use it and how you're going to store it. It needs to be really easily accessible on your site. So another place you could put this one is in the footer with your other policies. Uh, and you need to make sure that you're complying with all the laws of the locations that you're selling to. So most countries have their own privacy policy. And if you um, sell in that country, you need to comply. But some of the more newly introduced laws to be aware of are things like the general data protection regulation, <laughs> or you might have just heard us talking about this as GDPR. So this is the Greater Union's data privacy and affects you if you're based in Europe or if you sell to European countries. There's also the CCPA, which is the Californian Consumer Privacy Act. It's a law in California uh, that gives Californian residents more control over their personal information. And it's also um, not only if you're selling to these places, but if your website is accessible by these places. So if you haven't put a blocker on to stop anyone from the European Union accessing your website, you actually need to comply to the GDPR. So it's really important that you're either compliant or not allowing these countries to actually, um, you know, access your website. So we'll link up a um, white paper on both covering the CCPA and the GDPR by Shopify if you need any more info on this. Um, remembering that we can't give you any legal advice, so this is just general information uh, and you can consult a local lawyer or privacy professional. Uh, but Shopify also have a free privacy policy generator that you can access and we'll link up to that in the show notes as well. So you're not done with policies yet. There's a couple more that you need to have on your website. And the really, I guess, um, good thing about all of these policies is once you have them up on your website, you kind of, you put them up, you put them in your footer, and then you don't have to come and revisit them again unless something changes on your website or governing law changes. So it's kind of like a do it once, do it well, 
go through, review review your website, make sure you have all these policies and then you can relax. So it might seem like a lot of policies that we're giving you here, but there's only a couple more and you've totally got this. So the next one is a refund policy. So a good refund or returns policy can help protect your company and also win your customers' trust, which in turn increases your conversion rate, which you know that we're always talking about increasing your conversion rate. So we recommend having a really good returns policy one, so that it your customers know that they can return it if you know if it's not what they were hoping for. But it also actually creates so much trust because if you're willing to back your products with a great returns policy, then your customers will think, okay, if they're willing to back it, then I'm willing to take a leap of faith and buy the product as well. So it's really important here on your returns or your refund policy that you make it easy for them to return or or get a refund on items. So you don't want to make people jump through hoops in order to get that uh, returns policy. And I know a lot of customers have actually been burned by this in the past. So you know, they'll place an order, they'll get something sent to them, and then they have to, if they want to return it, they might have to send it back to China, for example. And it takes, you know, weeks and weeks and the shipping costs are exorbitant. And so people will just think, oh, I won't even bother returning it. Or if they do, it's a really painful process and people have been burnt by this. So if you have a great returns policy where people just have to send their products back to you in Melbourne or Sydney or wherever you are, You want to really clearly articulate that because people are literally taking a leap of faith when they shop with you online. So they need to trust that not only that the product is as good as you say it is in all of your marketing, but they need to trust that they can return it if they don't like it and that that returns process will be a simple one. So like I said, if you don't have faith in your products, why should your customers have faith in your products? So although this is a policy that, you know, it's kind of one of those checkbox things, you can actually use this in your marketing to increase trust and really increase those conversions. And yes, by having a returns policy, you probably will get some returns, but this will be far outweighed by the increased conversion rate that you will enjoy by having a fantastic returns policy. So Again, Shopify have a fantastic uh, returns and refund policy that we will uh, generate, sorry, and we will link this up in the show notes for you as well. That's such a big one because once you lose that trust of a customer, you'll never get them back. So I had uh, bought something, it was around $135. It wasn't like super cheap that I'd just you know, oh, well, it didn't work. It was faulty. So I had to take a little video and prove that it was broken. Uh, They were like, fine, send it back. Here's the paperwork. And they paid for the shipping back. So I was like, oh, this is great. This is all good. Then I got to the point that they got it. And then there was crickets. And this was way back, probably four months ago now, and I'm still trying to get my refund. So that company sold other products and I would probably have gone on to buy other products that did suit my needs and kind of just gone that off. Well, you know, things sometimes are faulty. That's fine. Now I would never recommend that company. I would never buy from them again. Essentially they've taken my money and I've got no way of getting it back. They've now got the product back uh, and all the trust is gone. So a refund policy, as Megan said, it's so much more than just a tick box thing. If you can make it really easy to do a refund, 
I've sent things back before because they've either not fit, but if they make that process easy, I will definitely buy from them again and definitely recommend them because I was like, oh, well, it didn't fit, but they they let me send it back and gave me one that did fit. And how great was that? So it can make it a really positive experience if you do your refunds well. Yeah. The last thing you want to leave your customers with is a bad taste in their mouth. So exactly. yeah, if like the example that you just provided, that's super dodge. And yeah. <laughs> like, I want you to tell me who that is now so I don't buy from them. It's them, like really, but- <laughs> you know, it's really bad. So don't be that person. Yeah, definitely. So one of the last policies that you also need to have is a shipping policy. Um, so this is one that you need to make sure goes in with all the others and put it on your footer, but your shipping policy should be something that's so clearly advertised all over your website. You don't want people to have to look and really try and like, where's Wally to find how long something's going to take to get to them or how much their shipping's going to cost. So if you've been burned by orders taking weeks and weeks to arrive because they've unknowingly purchased from a dropshipping site and this happens. So might look like the sites here in Australia, you buy something and actually they're sending it direct from China. So six plus weeks later, uh, you're still waiting on that order. So you need to have a really clear shipping terms and state that so that you can build that trust in to increase your conversion rate. People will wait the time if they know that it's going to take that time and they can go, well, look, this is for a birthday, but I've got two months. I'm happy to wait six weeks. But if they've got a birthday coming up in a week, they buy it thinking that it's going to get here in time. And then five weeks after the birthday, they're telling the person, really, I did buy you something. I promise it's coming. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you've lost all that trust with that person because you didn't actually make it clear in the first place. So you want to let people know things like your processing times, your shipping times, shipping methods. So if you've got different ways that you send things out and different policies for different locations or different order values. Yeah, and it's really important to note that you don't have to be boring here either. So you can add some flair to your shipping page by including pictures of you packing your orders and sending them off to your customers. And you can also show how your orders look when they arrive at the other end. So people love a good unboxing experience. So just because all of these policies are kind of the must-haves on your website, don't be afraid to kind of use them as a marketing exercise and show people Uh, what it's going to be like to purchase from you. Build in that trust, 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 trust. Okay, so the other thing that you need to have which or you need to make sure that you're complying with is spam laws. So we see probably at least once a day, if not twice a day, people who are sending out email marketing and messages who do not comply with spam laws. One day. Uh, (laughs) At least once a day. So if you send out your marketing emails or you're sending out messages, things like that, direct messages, you need to know and comply with these spam laws. So if you plan to send out marketing messages or emails to somebody, you must first have permission from that person who's going to receive them. So even if someone else is sending out the marketing messages on your behalf, you must still have permission from each and every person on that list who is going to receive the messages. So no purchase lists. (laughs) Don't just, you know, get a data download from your old business, put it into your new business and away you go. Like those kind of things are massive no-nos. Big no-nos. After you do get permission, you must ensure that every message that is sent out, one, identifies you very clearly as the sender, contains your contact details, including a physical address, and it makes it easy 
to unsubscribe. So how many emails have you seen that do not have that unsubscribe button? (laughs) Well, they hide it. It's like a game to try and find it. (laughs) Not only is it frustrating, but it actually doesn't comply with those spam laws. So there's a couple of ways that you need to get permission from the person who is going to be receiving that email. So a person who gives express permission knows and accepts that they will receive marketing emails or messages from you. So people can give you the express permission in a couple of ways. One, they can fill it out a form. They can tick a box on a website. They can give it to you over the phone or face-to-face, and that's what the, the law states. You cannot send an electronic message to ask for permission because that is actually a marketing message in itself. And you also need to keep a record of when that person gives you that express permission, including who gave the permission and how. So you can see there's so much around this and it does get quite complicated. But if you have your, you know, all of the integrations on your website linked in with, so we recommend Shopify and Clavio, they make it all super easy for you. But just make sure that you're not just sending people information or messages when they haven't actually given you permission. So under the Act, it's up to you as an online store, up to you as the business to prove that you got that person's permission. Now, if somebody has purchased from you, a lot of the time what we see is online store owners will say, okay, everybody who's purchased from me, I'm going to put them in that marketing list and keep sending them messages uh, to make sure that they know (laughs) about my upcoming promotions and everything like that. That is a no-no. So, You may infer that a person gives you permission to get your marketing messages if you can satisfy both of these two things. One, they are a current customer and the message that you send them is related to the product or the service, so essentially related to that specific purchase that they have already bought from you. So let's just say I've purchased a pair of shoes from you you're sending me a message about that specific pair of shoes. So like how to care for them or if you've got uh, a recall on them or, you know, whatever, anything like that, you can send me messages about that. That would be okay. Unless if I, if I've given you permission to market to me, then you can send me all of your messages, but you can't send me a message that says, Hey, we also sell shirts. Would you like to check them out? That is a no, no, unless I've given you permission. So, When people do check out, you can have that tick box that says, would you like to subscribe to our marketing messages? And then that's completely fine. So just check that you are compliant with the spam laws. For more information around this, we will link up the ACMA's website. And if you're sending to another country as well, as we've kind of mentioned with all of the other policies, you have to comply with the spam laws in the country of the recipient. So just make sure that you're complying with all of the things in all of the places. And one little thing to note to that, it used to be okay that you had your little checkbox pre-ticked so that if somebody was buying something, it automatically kind of ticked the fact that they'd opt into your marketing. These days, you have to have that unticked 
and they need to physically tick the box if they want to actually opt in for your marketing messaging. So just make sure that you've got that set up correctly as well, just to be compliant and dotting all those I's and crossing your T's. And you can kind of like point to it. You can put a little (laughs) arrow on your page. You can make it obvious. (laughs) You can say like you can be marketing about your marketing. You you don't have to just have a little tick box and kind of hide it and go, oh, I hope someone ticks it. You can actually point to it and go, hey, (laughs) don't check, don't miss any of our future promos. Um, and you know special offers make sure you tick this box yeah so to make sure your website ticks all the rules regulations and legal boxes make sure you've got all of the elements we've discussed covered so you've got your laws your regulations and standards insurance terms of service and then you've got your policies your privacy policy your shipping policy and your returns policy and making sure that you're not breaking any of those spam rules either So thank you for sticking with us until the end. Yes, this was more of one of the boring Boring. episodes that we've done, (laughs) but you have to do it because at the end of the day, there's no point in building an amazing online store and then having all of these things let you down. So go through, uh, like we've said, we'll link up a lot of resources for you in the show notes. Go through, make sure you comply, and then you're good to go.